Hey guys, today's episode of the Transform Podcast with Jade McCarthy is presented by our friends at Operation Christmas Child. The National Collection Week is coming up November 14th through the 21st. And listen, this is one of the world's largest Christmas projects of its kind. They do amazing work sharing the love of Jesus and helping kids in need and helping them around this time of year, that Christmas time of year. But now is the time to act because, again, the collection week is coming, November 14th through the 21st. And this year, Operation Christmas Child hopes to collect enough shoe boxes to reach an additional 11 million children. They've already delivered more than 198 million gift-filled shoe boxes to children in need in over 170 countries and territories. Anyone can pack a shoebox, whether it's children, families, churches, students, groups, you name it. It's a great way to teach kids about gratitude and thankfulness and giving back to those in need. Again, the National Collection Week, November 14th through the 21st, shoeboxes will be collected across the country at nearly 5,000 drop-off locations. Get involved. This is a milestone year. Over 200 million gift-filled shoeboxes is going to take place this year. They're going to celebrate 200 million shoeboxes. You can get involved right now by going to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC with Operation Christmas Child. And now, here's Jade McCarthy with Transformed. Hi, friends. Welcome into Transformed. So great to have you alongside us for this episode. And I'm excited about this one. This is um, not an old friend, but someone who I have not had a chance to share conversations with before. And I'm really delighted that I get the chance to do this because I have followed her career from afar. And she is someone who has transformed the way that we look at the sports agent world, which I think is a tremendous thing. And I'm really excited to share this space with her and learn more about her journey and how all of that has been transformative in her own life. So I am talking about Kelly Masters. Kelly, it's great to have you here with us. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be part of this today. I really am. So tell me a little bit, and, and I always sort of dive in and just start this way, but when I say that word transformation, what does that mean to you personally? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, the the most transforming power uh, in existence is the love of Jesus. Um, and so that's obviously the number one thing that comes to mind. We can all work on ourselves and improve and grow and develop, but to truly transform that takes the power of God. Um, and I, I hope that that I'm allowing God to continue to, um, mold me into the person that I'm supposed to be and, and to be more like Jesus. And I know I can't do that you know, just through self-help or through, you know, reading enough books, you know, all that's good, but I have to trust that God is doing the work, um, in me and in my life as I just trust him and, and obey him. Um, I think about, um, I, I have a very clear delineation time in my life where I, uh, had said I was a Christian trying to, you know, be the good girl, um, go to church when it was convenient, <laughs> the, you know, just kind of live that traditional sort of, you know, trying to be a good person life. And there was a very clear um, moment when, when I moved from before Jesus to knowing Jesus. 
And it, it really did radically change everything um, in my life. You know, the, the sanctification process and learning how to walk with God came over time, but, uh, but there was a very clear change from living in this sort of place where I was looking for hope in, in love in all the wrong places, what <laughs> mm. an old song. And then I found hope and love, all the hope and love that I'd been looking for. And so there really was that moment of transformation and it's just been a process ever since then. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful and thankful for the people who prayed for me, who the people who shared Jesus with me, the real Jesus, not just some, you know, uh, story, <laughs> but sure that the real, the, the opportunity to really know God and, and the transforming power. When was that um, moment for you, Kelly? It was March 2nd, 1997. I literally remember the date. Um, and not everybody, not that you have to, you can kind of look back on a season in life or a moment in life and, and everyone has a different journey. But for me, it was just, I'll never forget it. Uh, it was very much a road to Damascus moment. It wasn't now that there wasn't like, you know, things appearing <laughs> to me or voices booming from the sky, but there might as well have been. Um, I had, um, you know, kind of going back, I, I had always kind of been this high achiever, overachiever, very driven um, person from when I was really young, just always wanting to be the best and, and uh, being really, really focused on my goals. And again, nothing wrong with that. That's, those are good. They wanting to be excellent. It's a good thing. Um, but it was coming from a place of, of really fear, fear and pride, to be honest, it was really about, all about, you know, how do, what do people think of me? How do I look? Am I successful? Am I popular? Do my parent, are my parents proud of me? Are my coaches proud of me? Um, and not really achieve, wanting to achieve that for the right reasons, but just really being terrified to fail and terrified to not be good enough or not be the best. And so I lived in this real place of just driven by fear um, and, and really pride um, for many, many years. And then when I was, I was 23 years old um, in March of 97, and um, I just um, reached this point where I, I was, nothing was, nothing was working. Nothing was filling me up on the outside. I looked successful on the inside. I was empty. I was mm living in terror and fear and depression all the time. I just, I was tired of being so empty and miserable all the time. And also feeling like I was kind of faking it, like, you know, <laughs> trying to keep the facade up and let everyone. Sure. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It really is. And I just wanted, you know, I reached a point where a lot of people, I think, you know, think about giving up or, you know, think about even worse than that, just ending it all. And when I got to that point, it was, um, the people who had poured truth into my life and had loved me and shown me the love of Jesus and what was available with him had just lived it. Not that they preached to me, but just lived it. People that I, that just loved me in my life and showed me who Jesus really was. So thankful for that because when I came to that moment, instead of giving up, I surrendered, mm. which is very different. <laughs> and oh, it's I, so different. Yeah. And I just said, God, I am just surrendering. I'm not going to give up. Because I've learned from, from people that care about me that there's hope when I trust you. And so I'm just going to surrender and I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust his plan for my life. I'm not going to try to be perfect anymore. I'm going to trust the only one who was perfect and is perfect, who paid it all. And, and I'm just going to really trust him. And it became not just a story that I'd heard growing up, but a real event in my life where I received 
what Jesus had done on the cross in my life. And it, it transformed the way I looked at everything, the way I looked at myself, the way I looked at my life, the way I looked at the world. And it's funny how the world will always continue to try to drag you back Hmm. into that place of hopelessness and trying to rely on your own, you know, strength and understanding. And Jesus is like, just keeps going, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes, don't look at the waves. Keep your eyes on me. Keep trusting me. Um, And when you keep that perspective of it really just is about, you know, we were created to love God and to fellowship with, with him. Um, and, and as long as that is, that's where our focus is fixed and pleasing him that keeps us out of that falling back into that place of fear and people pleasing and, um, the exhaustion of just trying to live this facade, um, if that makes sense. And so that, yeah, when you say transformation, I think of that moment because that's where it started. How do you maintain that? Because in a worldly sense, I mean, professionally, you are in a very high powered, what have you done for me lately? Uh, you know, sports driven, male centric, ego infused world. (laughs) So yes. And, and layering on top of that, even to be successful in the role that I'm in, you, you know, a lot of it requires promoting yourself. And you see that with, with agents and agencies and anyone who's trying to be successful in a really, really competitive industry is, has to be kind of, kind of like all about themselves. And that's just not, which is so hard. Like I struggle with that all the time. I think it's super challenging because it's like, I I, I don't know, like I've, I was raised in a very humble way. So to go out there and try to self-promote, like it just feels weird and wrong. It feels icky. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I remember the, um, back when I kind of had my big breakthrough moment, it was years ago with representing a a high draft pick, um, didn't really get any media attention. And that was totally fine with me. It was about him. It was not about me. Um, but several months later, I got a call to do an interview with, I think it was the New York times. And I kind of freaked out and went, no, I, I, I'm good. You know, I don't want to do this. interview. And, um, and I hung up and then as I was praying and I reached out to a a dear friend of mine and, um, she was like, Kelly, I know, I know you, and I know you don't want to be like the center of attention. You don't want to be the story, but you need to think of it differently. You need to share what God's put in you and you need to share what God's done in your life. And if you do that, and if you, if you approach it with humility and with purpose, like I have a purpose for sharing what God's done in my life. It's totally different. Changes changes, everything. It transforms. It literally transforms that opportunity into an opportunity to be a light. Um, and so once I switch, flipped that switch, it, it, I was like, okay, I can, I can do this. If it's, if it's intentioned the right way, if it's purposeful, Um, and so, yeah, it's, it is really, really hard, but the, from a practical standpoint, the way I sort of re-energize, uh, living in that place of transformation, um, every day is, uh, it sounds really basic, but getting up and praying in the morning. Hmm. Um, and we're all so busy and, um, I know prayer can kind of be squeezed into just the, the extra moments that we might find here and there, the, the, you know, the moments in our car when 
for one moment, no one's talking or no one's calling. Good luck in my car. <laughs> yeah, seriously, with kids and and uh, and exactly. I, I'm, I'm married. I married uh, five years ago. I'd never been married. I'd always prayed and believed what God was doing in my life. But I became a grandmother, not just a mother, but a grandmother instantly. So yeah, we always have littles running around and kids that need stuff. And 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 so it's hard when you have so many people counting on. And then I have my you know, 35 or so clients that are, that need me every day. And then I'm recruiting and it's just, it's a, you know, you can get so pulled on and so busy and think that you're staying connected to God, but you really have to be intentional about it. I have to be intentional about it. And so getting up and making sure I get my good prayer time that's set aside for me to, to really plug in, build up, get in the word. I couldn't, I couldn't do life without that. Um, and I have an outline. I'd love to maybe share it with you or share it with your visitors, but it's a prayer outline. Absolutely. Use, and it is fantastic. I've used it now for since pretty much since the day I became a believer, I was taught the outline and it's based on the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes to, if you look in the word, you know, we all know the, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But if you look at kind of the circumstances of when Jesus shared that and taught that it was, you know, his disciples, um, that were with him 24 seven would see him go off in the morning to pray. And then he'd come back and he'd be energized and ready to, you know, to heal take on, the day. take on the day. And I think all of them, my imagination was that they were looking at him going, okay, teach us what you're doing. Like, what are you, what are you sure. doing when you go off there? What, you know, how do we step into that place of power and how do we, you know, have these amazing effective days that you're having miracle filled days that you're having. And he basically was like, well, here's how you do it. Yeah. And pray in this manner, meaning here's, here's the outline. And so it's an outline that covers like every area of your life, your heart, your mind, your health, um, your family, your job, your finances, the country, like it, everything, it kind of covers. So you, you pray over everything in your life and every morning, even if I, if I take an hour to do the outline, or if I take five minutes to do the outline. I feel like I've covered my day in prayer and I've plugged into the source and then I have to stay plugged in. But if I don't do that outline, my day is a mess. Hmm. And it's, I get to the end and I go, what happened? You know, what's what, why did today, you know, why did I not get everything done? Like I wanted to, and why did I, why do I feel so drained? And it's usually because I didn't take the time to pray. Hmm. It's amazing that you feel that much of a difference based upon something that maybe like you said, some days is an hour, but yeah. some days is only a few minutes. And yeah. like those few minutes can make that much of a difference that's in terms of how you feel at the end of the day, Kelly. Yeah. And that's, that's the power of, that's the transforming power of Jesus. That's the power of God. And we try so hard as human beings and especially Americans. And again, nothing wrong with the American dream and the, you know, American work ethic and, and what we celebrate here. Those are good and positive things. But if they're not energized by who God's called us to be and staying connected to the true source of our strength and our power, um, then it's kind of useless mm. <laughs> and it, you can only do so much. Yeah. Well, and I think it also is, you know, it, it it's aligned with our gifts, right? Because those are the gifts that yeah. God has put within us. And when we stay connected to him and stay connected to his purpose for us, that mm. aligns us with the gifts that he has put into our own hearts. And when we find that we're sharing them, then all of a sudden 
as long as we're keeping that connection with God, it can take off in amazing yeah. ways, not yeah. because of us, but because he's working through us. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's the, it's funny how sort of the enemy, um, tries to whisper in our ears that, you know, that God's way is the hard way. And, just compromise a little, just, you know, why are you being so rigid? You know, just the, the world and, and the enemy tries to pull us out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, when really we are the most, uh, God, God offers us the opposite. He's, he's saying we, you know, I have an exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think life for you. If you will just trust me and you, if you will just step out in faith and obedience. And it's, I've talked, it, God's really been teaching me a lot about obedience lately. Um, and, and I feel like sometimes we, we think of, when we think of obedience as believers, um, it sounds a little bit, um, like hard or, um, that it sounds like, you know, the no fun obedient. That just yeah. sounds it's, so it's the like, kids being like, but mom, but dad, what do you mean? Exactly. Like, why do I have to do this? Yeah. Exactly. Like, why, <laughs> why are you being so mean to me? And isn't that the, the enemy trying to twist God's blessings and that come from walking in his purpose in mm-hmm. our lives. That's, that's the enemy totally twisting that mm-hmm. I mean, obedience really is about trust. It's about knowing that God has a purpose and a plan for our lives and trusting it and walking in that. And that requires faith, um, which the, the other day, um, I was, I was really struggling. It's been kind of a, uh, you know, there, you go through seasons where things seem to really flow. And then you go through seasons where everything seems like it's hard and you're having to battle through challenge after challenge. It's like, man. And I, I reached a point, um, the other day and I can laugh about it now, but I just, I was talking to God on my morning walk. And I was like, God, why do I feel like every day I'm having to get up and believe for a miracle? Like why, why every day am I having to just like step out and, and in faith and, and it's not easy. And I'm just having to believe like every single day for breakthrough. Like, when do I get a break? (laughs) And, um, and I said, who, I remember, I actually said out loud, who lives like that? And the two things that came to mind were, first of all, like when Jesus walked the earth with his disciples, they lived you know, the, the word says that the world couldn't contain the number of books. If everything that he did was written down, that we couldn't even, we wouldn't even have room for all the books. And so they lived in a day of constant, um, breakthrough and miracles. Yes. So first of all, I thought, okay, I'm not in bad company by, (laughs) by having to walk in a place of faith and expecting breakthrough and miracles. That's not, that's not failure. Um, that is God taking you to this next level. Mm. And then the other scripture that came to mind, and I'll probably misquote where the actual verse is, maybe you can think of it off the top of your head, but it's um, uh, without faith, it is impossible. Uh, it, it is impossible to please God. Oh, And it comes to him as believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek yes. it. I yes. think it's in Hebrews. I maybe? think it might be Hebrews. I think it's Hebrews 11, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, we can go Google it, <laughs> look it up right. on the Bible app. We'll pull it up um, on the Bible app. I'll have it in the show notes. How's that? Perfect. <laughs> um, perfect. But it's, but he, he reminded me it was, he like the Holy spirit. I love how the Holy spirit does that and brings back the word that you, that you've put in oh, yeah. your time in the word. He brought back without faith. It is impossible to please me. And so God showed me, you know, if you weren't walking by faith, you wouldn't be pleasing me if you know that a life where you're not having to rely on God for everything is not a life that's pleasing to him. 
I'm like, okay, I can, <laughs> I can, I can accept that if I'm living a life that's because that's my, my heart's cry since the day I really, um, my eyes were open to the gift of, of, of what Jesus did on the cross and what or how much our heavenly father loves us so much. My heart cry was, I just want to please you. Mm. I just want to live a life worthy of, of what you've done for me and what you did for me. And, and I, if that requires living by faith and walking by faith every single day, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and it's so powerful to think of it that way, right? Like to, to recognize Mm. that, gosh, like they lived through miracles every day day. when you talk about the disciples and they lived in a time when their faith was tested every day. Right. I mean, like even just themselves, right. Like, 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 you know, you you think about in the boat and like, you know, like, what do you mean? Like they were questioning faith with Jesus standing right before there, right there. (laughs) right yeah. there. And, and so <laughs> yeah. when you think about it that way, I think you pause and you go, oh, okay. So it is completely natural that I ask questions and that yeah. I wonder and all of those things that sort of follow. Yeah. Um, but I think what you said about the scripture then comes back to you is mm-hmm like to go full circle, Kelly, like that's why it's so important that like we're in it and we read it because then in those times of questioning, it comes back to us in the way in which we need it to. Right. I mean, it's, it just all sort of comes in a circle and and that's how God designed it because he designed us to need him. He did. He did. And it's, if we're not staying filled up with him, of course, we're going to we're going to fall. We're going to struggle. Um, of course we are, we're, or we're going to try to, you know, take what the world is giving us to get our power or our love or our hope. And it's just never going to be enough, mm. so, but he is. Yeah. Kelly masters with us here on transformed and, and Kelly, you know, before we, before we wrap up, I just want to ask one more question because I think that it, it's always so intriguing, right? When you're such a go-getter and you put put it upon yourself. Cause I think so many of us do, um, to have to chase after things, to find yeah. success, to, you know, all those worldly definitions of it. Um, yeah. that, that moment of surrender is hard, but then it's hard to like continually live that way also, where you yeah. feel like you're still taking the steps you need to take because Jesus doesn't ask us to just sit and sit, expect no. us to like do it. You know, he's just going to do it right. for us. No, like no. He we, puts have the, we have to work at it. We have to yeah. walk with him. We have like, yeah. he's going to, I've heard it said before, Priscilla Schreier has talked about mostly he he's going to put things in reach, but you're still going to have to reach. Like you still have to <laughs> take true. the action yourself. Action is still required. Exactly. Yes. So how do you balance those two personally? Again, yeah, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I feel like taking the time to get in his presence, really get in his presence. Um, you can't stay in his presence and walk with him if you don't enter into his presence in the first place. So yeah. that's where it has to start. So you have to start with spending actually intentionally spending time with Jesus, not just giving him a head nod in the morning or not just going to church on Sundays, but actually getting in, in the presence of God mm-hmm. and downloading what you need, hearing from him, what you need. Yeah. 
and then going. Um, and it's, you know, I, I've heard so many great uh, encouragements lately that have stuck with me because um, sometimes I, I almost feel um, like if I, if I start having doubts or fears or worries that suddenly I'm a failure and I, you know, I just, and then the shame comes and then you're, you get locked up and fear tends to do that. It tends to lock you up. And sure. two things that I've, that have stayed with me always that mentors have said to me, one is the opposite of fear is action, yep. um, which I love that. Um, because if you, you know, fear locks you up, but if you step out, the courage comes, the bravery comes, but, but it comes with action. Mm -hmm. So it's knowing from heaven what you're supposed to be doing, what God has put in you, um, and knowing his voice, knowing and spending time with him. And then even in the face of fear, you step out and you take action. And then the courage comes, um, when you take action. Um, so that's one. And another um, kind of convicting thing that I heard another person say recently was you can do things in fear. And we've all done that. We've all been like, I'm terrified, but I'm going to do this anyway. It's kind of like that, like Esther, you know, Esther for, mm -hmm. was born for such a time as this, but she still had that moment where she had to say, if I perish, I perish. Like if I, if I die, I die, but I'm going to go, I'm going to do what I know I'm supposed to do. And so even I related to, you know, the hard phone calls that you have to make or the tough decisions or the situations that are going to be trials and challenges and things that you just are going to be messy and you don't want to deal with. Um, just the stuff that happens that we face every single day in our lives. Um, and we, um, we have to say, okay, God, I know you called me to be here. And, and no matter what happens, I trust you. Mm -hmm. I perish, I perish. Um, I'm going to trust you no matter what. And I'm going to step out in, in a place of faith. I'm going to step out. And so you can do things in fear, but you can't do things in unbelief. Right. I think that's something that I had to remember, like, okay, I may be feeling terrified about what I'm about to do or what I have to do or nervous or anxious about something. But if I believe I'm going to have the strength to see it through. Mm. And so we have to understand that, you know, fear doesn't make us a failure and just having a fear or a doubt thought in our head doesn't take away our strength. If we step out in again, that word obedience, if we step out in obedience, which is trusting God and taking the action that he's calling us to take, um, then we're going to live the, the, the impactful life that we were meant to live. And that's really, that's been the, the biggest thing that I've latched onto throughout these last I guess, 25 years of, of really walking with God and trying to learn how to, how to be everything that he wants me to be, um, is not chasing success, but pursuing impact, pursuing what was I put on this earth to do? Cause we were all put on this earth with a calling, all of us. It's not just the people who are preaching on Sundays. It's not just the people who are in full-time ministry. We all have a calling and that calling is to make the impact that God created us to make. Uh, on others and, and on our world. And so that's, that's what let's get energized by spending time with God. And then let's go make the impact we are called to make. Uh, and that's, that's at least how I've done it. <laughs> and I am, am praying that I can inspire and encourage uh, as many other people in my life um, or people that, you know, even get to hear what I have to say, whether I meet them or not, that I can make a difference in their life by showing them that they do um, they're loved. They were created for a purpose and they have a calling that they need to go fulfill. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a powerful way to look at it just as the, the impact that you can have in a positive way on this earth. Um, yeah. and, and to recognize that when you align that with God, it's probably 
greater than your mind could even possibly fathom. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's really, it's a powerful way to look at it. Kelly Masters, thanks for being here on Transformed. I mean, I could just keep going. There's, (laughs) there's so much great stuff here, but I really appreciate your, you're making the time and and being with us here. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Thank you. Continued blessings to you and your family. Same to you. Great to have Kelly Masters here on Transformed. And I really love what she was talking about at the end, how we can really look at our life and our lives and not have them viewed in terms of success, but really instead look at them in terms of impact. And when you think about that in terms of what is the dream, what is it, the, the, the desire, what is the calling that God has put on my heart, and then taking that and extending it out to how can I have an impact on the world for God by following through on that, which he has put on my heart. I think that's a powerful pause point for all of us to stop and reflect and pray upon as we move forward day to day, hour to hour within our own lives. And uh, I did promise it would be in the show notes and I always reference the scripture here. So let's just go ahead and reference the one from Hebrews. Um, Kelly was correct um, that she was talking about. It is Hebrews eleven six, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And that's sort of in the same uh, area in which Hebrews 11.1, of course, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And I think that those are both great reflections and scripture is really just to put on our hearts and remember that we do have to walk in faith. And that is part of what God uh, asks of us, requires of us, and wants from us. Thanks so much for being here on Transformed. I encourage you to check out the website, sportspectrum.com. Check out our magazine. There's so much great content in the magazine. Um, I'm always excited to have a new one when it arrives on my doorstep. And it's something that it's fun for me to share with my kids, to share with the grandparents, kind of all around. It's multi-generational. So I hope you'll check it out as well. You can order yours on sportspectrum.com. Until next time, live with love and intent. I'm Jade McCarthy.